Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there. In this episode, we talk with Steve Jones, who is my co-founder at Startup Competitors, and we talk about a possible pivot for Startup Competitors and what we're thinking we might do next. Uh, It's kind of an interesting episode. Steve knew we were going to talk about a pivot, but had no idea what it was uh, and how it might work. So we're kind of excited about that. Then at the end of the episode, there's a call to action where we'd like you to potentially fill out a survey. You might have seen that along with the posting of this episode. So if you're listening to this, we would love your feedback on the pivot and uh, would love to know if that's something you would find valuable as we uh, try to figure out if this is something we want to do. And then uh, if it is something that we decide to push forward with, we're thinking we'll pick five to 10 of the responders to that survey to see if they'd like to be uh, free beta testers as we play around with rolling it out. Either way, would love feedback. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit us up on social media if you have other ideas for us to consider as we try to figure out what's next. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Steve Jones, who is the co-founder of Startup Competitors. Steve, welcome. Hey, Mike. Nice to be on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> yeah. uh, two years uh, and not on your own podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been complicated. It's, it's hard to get the time. Right. All right. So if people don't know you because you've not been on the podcast for, you know, two years, why don't you give like a thumbnail sketch of your background? Sure. So I guess I can start when I met you. Mike gave me my first job out of college at Developer Town. Kind of bounced around the company a little bit. Didn't really find a, a place where I fit in, but obviously had a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy, uh, just trying to work with startups as much as I could. Transitioned out of there, went to another local tech company, made another transition to where I am now uh, at One Click Ventures, and I run the email program there, um, as well as doing obviously all the 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 data and the the day-to-day stuff at um, started competitors so yeah that's that's kind of my background i was hoping we could talk about product market fit a little bit it was after i had matt wyrick on the podcast uh with real link he was talking about his experience in real link they had like they had been doing good like by any objective measure you know, they, they were doing fine. They were making sales. They were growing MRR. They were doing all these things. And then they still decided to pivot the company and go in a different direction. And then like, you know, like the, it exploded. They got over a million in ARR. They got, you know, like in his words, it just fundamentally changed the business. And I had asked him, 
on the podcast, I, I'll paraphrase a little bit here, but I'm like, why? Like, if you're running a, a, a successful business, why would you think you need to pivot? And his answer was, well, we've had to sell every client we've got. And, and not only have we have to sell them, but we have to have a customer success person. And we have, it's almost like we have to keep selling them to keep them using the product. And he's like, when we made this pivot, we didn't have to sell anymore. Like people would, come to us and say, I want to use your product. And once somebody was on our platform, they kept using our platform. We didn't have to keep bugging them to keep them using our platform. He's like, it just kind of works now. <laughs> like, like we go out and market the product and maybe do a little bit of selling. But once we get customers, we have happy customers. And it, when he said that, I was like, oh man, that's what product market fit feels like. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> like how cool would that be? And then I immediately reflected on what we're what we've been doing with startup competitors over the last few years, and it's like, yeah, we've made some sales and we've had some good customers, and you know, certainly on the enterprise side, we've had some good customers, and and like it's been fine, but like there's never been this moment in time where like you and I were looking at each other like, how do we scale, right? Like that's never it, it just never happened, right? Yeah. So that's that's interesting because yeah i do see that a lot with you especially your your very high touch sales right like we have to you yes. not me you have to to go out <laughs> close every deal pretty much bring in all the business and then hand off to me it's very high touch for me i'm communicating with the client throughout the process and then and then you know i, I guess that's pretty much the the customer happiness portion of it as well is I have to be high touch beyond the sale. It's not just a product that runs in the background that we that we monitor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that made me think, well, that and our revenue numbers over the last two years have <laughs> made me think, <laughs> uh, maybe it's time for us to explore a pivot. And so that's why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to chat a little bit about the product we've built, its lack of general success i i would say i mean it's been fine it's it's paid the bills but it's certainly not grown uh if anything in the last 12 to 18 months ish it's probably shrunk a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and more than a little bit it's definitely shrunk and so i want to talk a little bit about an idea i have to pivot and uh and talk through that real time okay so Real quick, give a super quick thumbnail sketch for the business today. If somebody's never ordered a startup competitor report, which none of our listeners have, um, otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what that product is today, what they would get, what all that looks like? Okay. Yeah, right. So you come to startup competitors, you're looking for... or You have an idea. You're looking for who are my competitors, who's kind of adjacent in that space, and what are they doing right now? Who do I need to be targeting? What kind of features, what kind of functions are they building in their products? And really just, we want to give you a high level overview of what that industry looks like. So get on the website, submit, pay your your whatever dollars, and then I'll get an email. I'll reach out, reach back out to you and, and we'll kick off that whole process. So I'm looking for competitors and then scraping data for you to um, essentially just give you a high-level overview of what the industry looks like. And then, uh, so then that deliverable at the end is a big, massive, really, truly massive spreadsheet of data. And then there's an upsell component to turn that into slides, right? Correct. All right. So then, and we had this thought, I remember back in the day that 
um, we had this thought that like we could make these slides that on your when you think of like a pitch deck, the competitor slides, you could just take these slides and drag and drop them in there or something like that, right? Right. Which again, never really worked quite the way that I thought it would. So here's what I was thinking. So uh, the things that I like and and some of the feedback that we've gotten anecdotally over the the years where like people do like the idea of tracking competitor data right and 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 you know I've probably asked this com- this question maybe 30 times out of the 100 episodes we've done of startup competitors I'll ask people do you do you currently track your competitors and inevitably I I want to say like 95% of the people I've asked that to have said no but they're all like gee, I wish I did. I just don't have the, you know, like I, it just never, it's never top of mind. Right. And then the ones who, when they, when they say they do it, like a lot of people say, no, I don't regularly do it, but you know, we'll do it, you know, maybe once or twice a year, we check in and, and go round up competitors and look at what they're doing. And then I'll ask them, well, then do you structure that in any sort of way? Like do you have a Google sheet somewhere? Do you put it in a CRM system? Do you like, and like two people ever have said, oh yeah, let me tell you about this totally amazing way that we track all this information, which I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You're not supposed to say yes to that. <laughs> um, but it is pretty cool. And uh, and I can't, I, uh, for the life of me, I can't remember who those, there's two people in particular I'm thinking of and I can't remember who they are. But, but like the answer is, uh, you know, universally, it feels like the answer is, I wish I did it more when I do it. I don't really do it in a structured way. But it's also not a big enough pain point that, and now I'm totally putting in my words, not theirs, right? Like the the thing I take away from that is it's not a big enough pain point to change behavior, right? So like, just like I, I'm not going to do it on my own. Why in the world would I pay you startup competitors to do that for me? If it's not painful enough for me to do it myself occasionally, why would I pay money to, to have you do it? Particularly if I'm a startup. Makes sense. Yeah. So I think we got it wrong. We just have a bad product market fit. So then in trying to think, so I've been trying to think of like, what is the thing that I would want as I think of some of the businesses that I'm in, involved in right now, everything from startup competitors to developer town, to full stack, to like some of the, some of the starts companies to, you know, you name it and whatever my next venture will be, hopefully not for another 20 years. I want to be done for a while, but um, <laughs> like, what is the problem that I have that I would want help solving? And the, the big thing that occurred to me is like, you know, one of the things that we we were very focused on the idea stage, like you have an idea for a startup, let us help you vet that idea. We'll go find the startups that are out there in the space that you haven't found yet. And I, and arguably we are very good at that. We still, you know, I still see a lot of these reports and we still find a ton of startups that people who are like, no, I have no competitors. And we, and we do turn up like three direct you could almost carbon copy the marketing site for what this person was pitching. Yep. And it's yep. like, yeah, it exists. It It's already doing a million dollars a year in revenue. <laughs> like, and you didn't know about it. And so like, I think it is very good at that, but, but there's not that sadly there are no customers for that. So the flip side is particularly as I think of like a company like full stack, uh, which is not a SaaS company, by the way, or I think of a, plumber in Indianapolis, or I think of a SaaS company uh, in Boston, the one thing that... So they all know who their competitors are for the most part, especially if they're established. So if you went to any founder and you said, okay, 
who are like real quick rattle off your top three to five competitors. I bet you everybody could do it. Right. Like, and, and if they couldn't, then they, they're probably not doing a ton of revenue. <laughs> so, but, but if they are, they, they know who their competitors are. Right. And then if you ask them, okay, what are the, like, what Intel do you have in any regular basis about that competitor? And my guess is that's where things go sideways really quick. Right. Like, What's the last new feature your competitor released on their product? What's the last award that your competitor won? What's the last news article? This one is probably the low-hanging fruit, right? I bet you a lot of people could answer this one. What's the last news article that you saw with one of your competitors? Did mm-hmm. one of your comp- competitors recently close a round? Did, did one of your competitors recently hire a new chief revenue officer? Did you know about that, right? Like, so... To me, I was trying to think of like, if I was going to get an email from you once a week or once a month, and I have no idea what the right frequency is, I think that's something we should probably test. But I had this idea, like, what if we, instead of doing these snapshot reports, uh, like we do today, what if instead we switch to just an email, you just get an email from us, it's once a week, once a month, whatever the appropriate, maybe twice a month, I don't know, whatever the frequency is. And it just contains this type of information. Like we're going to go out, we're going to scrape everything on the interwebs, but you're going to tell us who your competitors are. We're not going to guess anymore. You say, here are my three competitors. Here are my top 10 competitors, What, what, whatever that number is. You tell us who we are. We then pull everything we can off of them on a, on whatever scheduled basis there is. We scrape their blog. We scrape their social media accounts. We scrape Google news feeds. We scrape... Uh, you know, all of the different data sites out there from SimilarWeb to Crunchbase to Owler to, you know, like you name it. And we identify all these different events, right? And and things that an event being a generic term, right? Like we, we identify all of these data events that could be interesting. And then we curate that down across that set of, you know, three to 10 competitors, for this time period, here's the most interesting things that happened. Not even necessarily everything that happened, because I know you won't read that email. Or I wouldn't. Here's like the, you know, in the, this category, and some categories might be blank. You might go months before your top three to five competitors receive funding, close a round of funding, right? So that's not going to be in any of those emails. But like, just try to curate down within the competitive set that you've identified, here are the success stories and or challenges and or, you know, the things that were interesting, found to be interesting across this broad set of categories for those competitors for this week, this month, this whatever. And then that's what you're subscribing to. All right. So, Steve, this is where I would normally ask my guest whether or not they buy swag for their company. So do you have swag for startup competitors? Uh, we don't actually. We don't have any money for swag. <laughs> <laughs> if we could afford swag at startup competitors, and maybe someday we can, particularly if there's a future pivot and we find product market fit, uh, if we were going to get swag, what kind of swag would you want to get? I would love a t-shirt. Try one. Yeah, would you put the rocket on it? I don't know. I think, you know, I think with this pivot, we probably have to rebrand. Maybe the rocket makes that transition. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a brand. No, you're probably right. I didn't even think of that. You're right. The rocket may not make sense wait do we have to change the name of the company then too (laughs) yeah i guess i don't know i don't like any of that 
All right. Well, uh, regardless of uh, what the name of our future company is and what our logo looks like, you're you're down for the T-shirts, right? Yeah, for sure. If you were going to send, let's say we had in uh, in our future world at the end of 2020, let's say we had 200 subscribed paid users and you were going to send all of them something for Christmas, what would you send? still sticking with t-shirts or would you go to something else i don't know man maybe it depends if we're if we're talking like top tier maybe send them a bottle of bourbon but bottom tier maybe a t-shirt i think that that'd be reasonable right like i don't know i like where your head's at you may have just gotten us more customers with that statement alone than, than anything we might say during the real podcast there you go i was i was trying to i was trying to channel my inner mike kelly i know you you would have loved that bourbon so. i, I would have that's fair All right. Well, if you need branded swag, uh, whether it's your current brand or a future brand, you can get that at Fuel Merchandise Group. You can find them at fuelmerchandise.com, mention startup competitors and get 10% off your first order. A couple thoughts. So it kind of sounds like, I don't know, some kind of hybrid between Google notifications and what we were doing previously. Is that kind of, am I on the right track with that? Yeah, you're totally on the right track with that. Okay. How how is that scalable? How do we algorithmically do that? How do we did how do we determine <laughs> what what you mean uh, your, your time's not infinitely free? Right, right, right. So how do how do I determine what's relevant and what's not? So I have a couple of thoughts on that. So one is I do think unlike before, we will actually have to write some real software to to make this version work. So there would be um a lot of scraping and tagging and putting things down in, into a into a database so that over time, we could potentially train uh, an algorithm of some sort to start to figure out what is meaningful and what is not, right? So, and early on, you just do that with a stupid, simple rule set, right? Like, look for the word hire, look for the r- word funding, <laughs> look for the, you know, like just think of the most, re- the word award, the most ridiculous set of rules that, you know, simple rules you could possibly think of. Right. And then like that takes the, let's say you have a database of a thousand events in a week, because again, if you're scraping every single Instagram post, every single tweet, every single blog post, every single, you know what I mean? Like you're taking all of it, and tossing it into a database to filter through that noise, in theory, uh, if you've got ten companies over the course of a week or a month or something like that, it could be a it could be a ton of stuff there. Particularly if you're talking about established companies that really do have some activity, right? In that world, I would say you start with a simple rule set that you can train over time, and then that like beta is that then pops up to a human. That human then looks at that of the things that were flagged based on our stupid, simple rule set, you then say, these were the right things. These were the wrong things, right? We start doing some of that training. Then you would just, you know, for the, or or me or whoever, right? Uh, Whoever on the team on, in those first beta use cases are then just manually potentially populating that email to send it on this theory that we're, you know, we probably don't know what are the interesting things yet, right? So those beta testers are going to come back. Those beta users are going to come back and say, yeah, you keep telling me about this. It turns out I, and I thought I cared, but it turns out I don't stop sending me this. Right. Right, right. I don't think I'd programmatically generate the email until we had a set of, you know, five, six users who were like 
no, no, where's your email? Like you sent it a day late, day late. You can't do that. Like I was looking for that, you know, like I'm trying to see, can you, could you create that same effect that Matt experienced at real link where it's like, no, when, like when your product isn't there, people feel it and care about it and they start bugging you and asking you for it. Right. Cause if, if you turned it off and nobody cares, that's all the feedback you need. Right. Like that, that's probably not good. So yeah. Right. How, so how do we validate it without throwing a bunch of money at it, building these algorithms, building these scraping tools? Well, uh, I think we do it largely the way we've been doing it. We can use crowdsourced uh, human labor, like mechanical Turk style, right? So we can build a bunch of activities that we can hand off to humans to do some of that work in the short run to, to test some of that. Uh, if it's a small enough beta set, you know, may, maybe we can just do it or maybe I can make my, my, my kids do it, but like, just go out and find, find that data and, and pull it together. But I also think some of these sites are going to be pretty darn easy to scrape. Like some of them have APIs. Some of them are made to be, you know, scraped. Some of them, you know, like I, I do think a lot of this data, if like, if you just think of ingesting an RSS feed, right? Like that's how you scrape a blog post. It's not like we're going to go out and have to code anything. Right. Right. So I do think there's a lot of places where we can just pull in a feed of data, assuming the terms of service allow it and, and just go that way. Then the, the, the real question to me is how long will it take us to figure out the keywords that flag the right content and, and tune that, right? Because I can imagine early on, we'll get a ton of false positives and we'll probably miss some pretty incredible things, right? Like we're going to send an early email is going to go out that says nothing happened this week. And somebody's going to reply back and be like, really? Because my largest competitor just got acquired. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so like, and we're going to be like, oh, we should search for the word acquired, uh, you know, or purchased or whatever, you know, like right, we, right. we got to figure out what those that's words a, are. That, yeah. That's, that's part of being a beta tester. Yeah. Just, exactly. just deal with it. So, but I mean, we got to figure that stuff out. But I would imagine, having written written a tons of ton of scripts in my in my past that have have scraped various things, you know, years ago. Like once we know what we're looking for, it, I feel like it should be pretty easy to find that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's the theory. I don't. I don't hate it. Yeah. What? Uh, who's our Who's our target? So previously, it was people who wanted to start a SaaS company and they had an idea for a SaaS product. Now I would say, which was also, turns out that was also a problem of our last product because we had a lot of people come to us and say, but but I don't want to do a SaaS company. I want to do a, a medical device company or yeah. a, what, you know, whatever, a, a real estate company. And it's like, we can't, turn, turns out we can't help you. So right. now I would say anybody who's, I want to be bold enough to say anybody who's in business who has competitors, I think could use this product. Probably need okay. to narrow it down a little bit more from a marketing perspective. It's <laughs> a little broad. Well, we can deal with better. It. It's better than the alternative, right? Like, but yeah, I I would want to say like if you're running a smallish business, probably not going to be a fit for IBM. They're never going to be a client, right? So this is a, a small business uh, or early stage company that wants to keep tabs on competitors, can afford X dollars per month, whatever that is. I have no idea. Probably not a lot. Right, because this is a luxury item. This is not in the in the world of what what is it? It's uh, aspirin. What is it? Oxygen aspirin jewelry. 
Is that what, uh, so Ben Pigeon? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. From Yeah, yeah. So Ben Pigeon has this thing. Ben is the executive director of Vision Tech Angels uh, here in Indianapolis. And, and uh, I heard him once say, you know, when you think of investing, you're either investing in, in oxygen. So oxygen is like backbone infrastructure. The world cannot exist without it. So like Stripe is now considered oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. It's infrastructure. Like everybody needs to use Stripe. QuickBooks is oxygen. Like you need, you need some accounting package for your company. You're not running a company today without accounting software. So you're going to use QuickBooks or Zero or something like that. It's not a nice to have. You have to have it if you're in business. Okay. Can I make guesses on what these other two are? Yeah. So then aspirin is, you know, solves pain, but you can live without it. And then jewelry is, uh, it's a luxury item. I feel like this is probably a little bit jewelry seeking to be aspirin. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But so it's certainly nice to have. But when you think about coming up with a competitive strategy on like how we're going to position ourselves against our competitors from a marketing perspective, what are they investing in that maybe we should be thinking about? Who are the movers and shakers in our industry? Like uh, like that kind of stuff. I feel like that's has the illusion of aspirin. I don't know. Like I care about that stuff. I, I think I think in general something like that's a tough sell because people don't know that they need it, right? Like it, it's helpful when you have it, but I'm not necessarily out seeking it. I mean, you you've seen that with all of your all of your podcasts that you've been doing. Nobody nobody's like actively seeking this data. Nobody knows that they need to know what their competitors are doing. But when you have it, it's really helpful. Yeah. So I think we could we can run into some difficulty there trying to sell it that way. I agree. And I'm not I and I I've not worked out customer acquisition strategy at all. Um <laughs> I've not even really given it a ton of thought yet. But I'm hopeful we could keep the price point low enough that this is the kind of thing you could potentially easily do like a 60 day free trial. Like you know what I mean? Like just do it. And if, yeah. if you don't see the value, don't don't keep don't keep doing it, right? Okay, so that's that's a good segue. What what's the price point? I assume this is a subscription. It's definitely a subscription, and I have no clue what the price point is. Okay. I like in my head, this was like tens of dollars a month. Yeah. At, like is what I'm thinking. And I don't know if like I don't know if you do it at like do you price it at like for three competitors, it's X. For five competitors, it's Y. For 10 competitors, it's Z. You know, like, do you scale it that way? Or mm-hmm. do, you, do you not create options there? And instead, you say, no, it's based on frequency. Like, if you want it weekly, it's X. If you want it monthly, it's Y. If you want it quarterly, it's Z. Quarterly is probably insane. So, that probably makes no sense. But yeah, because that's not news. That's <laughs> that's like history. So, it's probably not probably not quarterly. Right. There's, there's nothing actionable there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know the right way to price that, but that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But if I think about this, if this thing existed for full stack today, as an example, I would totally want this information because I am constantly trying to think about like, where do I need to be marketing, which, you know, which is kind of like one way to learn that is to look at where your competitors are spending money, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the innovative things that they're doing that we should maybe be thinking about doing. Hopefully they're thinking that same thing about us and some of the cool innovative things we're doing. Uh, are they at certain co-working spaces that we should be at? Are they at, you know, certain events that we should be at? Did I I know we won a powder keg cultural award. Did any of our competitors win that? They did not, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, so like that kind of stuff, right? Like I like I feel like those are the types of things I like I I don't I 
I don't know that I ever have it within me to go Google that kind of information for three of my competitors. But if I could pay five bucks a month and have that show up in my inbox, would I? Heck yeah, I would. There's yeah. no question. At five bucks a month, I'd pay that all day long. The real question is, would I pay 10 bucks? Would I pay 20? Like I, that I have no idea, right? Yeah. I could see somewhat of a freemium model where initially you sign up, maybe we dangle like three or five headlines in your inbox, just throw those in there, get you used to that cadence, that weekly cadence or monthly cadence, and then offer a little bit more trying to, I guess, quantify what what those headlines are, what what those actionable things are. So maybe maybe there's an acquisition play in there somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, this is the idea. It, it also could be a rubbish idea. We could put a survey up <laughs> after this podcast that's, and ask people. That's not a bad idea. How, how many responses would we get though? What? Uh, with the listenership, th- I mean, this is basically the Tim Ferriss podcast here. We're like the third highest rated podcast on the internet. Okay. That's not true. It's entirely not true. Can we talk about your podcast numbers? Are those are those sensitive? I mean, we I'm sensitive about them because they're never good enough, but we talk about them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clue me in. What are we looking at? Uh, we're only doing a, a few hundred listeners per episode. It's not, uh, which I, I shouldn't say, like, that's great for a couple years in. I was talking to a couple of folks about who also have podcasts about our numbers and they had asked how long uh, we'd been going, uh, you know, a couple of years and they asked what, you know, regular subscriber kind of download numbers were. And I, and I shared those. And, and while I'm very self-conscious about it, thinking two years in, we should be doing a lot better than we are. They were like, no, that sounds dead on. Like that, that actually sounds like you're doing pretty good. They also said, uh, you know, take a look at the chart of subscriptions over time and which, you know, I did. And it's clearly, you know, up and to the right on a pretty steady cadence. And they're like, just draw that line out two more years, three more years, right? Like, like just stick with it and this will become a real, you know, like just keep doing what you're doing. It'll become a real thing. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a fairly niche podcast too, right? Like within the startup realm, we're talking about competitors, competitive landscape within that. So yeah, lots of people want to hear how I built this, where you're talking about the person who's like successful and now a billionaire, right? right. Very few people want to hear how I'm building this yeah. right now and what I'm struggling with right now. Right. right. Which is kind of how I've thought about the podcast, right? Which is you're in the middle of it right now. How do you leverage your knowledge of competition, the market that you live in? And how do you leverage that to better understand what your brand needs to be, how you market that brand, how you sell it, what your product roadmap needs to be, how you're going to leverage the trends that are coming up over time, all of that kind of stuff, which to me, mm-hmm. all it's all a response to the market that you're in. Right. So. Okay. All well, right. Where, where do we go from here? So are we doing a survey? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do a survey. All right. Uh, so we'll put a survey up with this podcast at startupcompetitors.com. I'll maybe even make it a banner ad. So you can just click it right off the startupcompetitors.com page and then we'll post it to all the social medias when we announce this episode of the podcast. Does that sound good? Yeah, perfect. All right. And then do we want to offer, like, do we want a special incentive for people to give this, give us a survey? Like if you fill out the survey and we decide to move forward, you can win an all expenses paid beta test program. 
Yeah, I think that sounds good. All right. Preferential like treatment that. in that way. Yeah. Well, at least the first few responses can. With right, like right. Yeah, we can't do everyone. If 100 people <laughs> fill out the survey, I'm not doing 100 of those. But Okay. <laughs> at least not until it scales. When it scales, sure, all day long. Right. Until then, it's going to be me manually scraping this stuff. So, <laughs> I, I shouldn't sign up for that. <laughs> That's going to be fine. It's good. Maybe the beta, you only get three competitors. Maybe you don't get 10. It's okay. okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. Okay. We'll find friendly beta testers. So, uh, where do we go from here? That's it. That's where we go. We got to go build a survey, get this podcast edited and posted, and then start taking over the world. Okay. Cool. I'm in. Hey, if folks want to get in touch with you to ask you questions about startup competitors and or your experience doing kick butt digital marketing, how can they do that? Um, so, I do have a Twitter handle... I can't remember what it is. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> I'm not active on the Twitters. Let me see. It's internet. It's at internet Steven. So oh my goodness. This goes back to what? 2011 when I first got on Twitter. Internet Steven at internet Steven. Uh, you can also reach me via inbox at sjones at startupcompetitors.com. Probably are- a better way to go. Yep. Yep, let's go that way. All right, right on. Hey, man, thanks so much. This was fun. Yeah, thanks. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.